Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Like I said, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So it's come to this. It's back. Cronenberg is back. Couldn't get enough of this guy. I love this guy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. This is a movie podcast. About David Cronenberg. Yeah. And... We're hitting our Cronenberg stride right now, I feel like. Yeah, once we realize we are leaning so hard into our John Carpenter love affair, it's like our boy up north yeah, yeah. needs a little bit of this. <laughs> our our man from, uh, from up above. Canada's own. Oh, uh, man, I yeah. love David Cronenberg and the Canada vibes that he brings to my eyeballs. Mm. We've kind of taken a weird path through david cronenberg so I know. far we've hit like the 2000s and, and all of the 70s I, none of the 80s just at by all. chance right yeah just, we, we've been doing some random draws and then uh yeah the local cult series was hosting a screen of rabbit rabbit which is a second second movie? movie yeah this is what he made after shivers shivers is a cool yeah shivers is about like a parasitic movie piece of poop that yeah. also makes people super horny as you do. And that was funded by the Canadian government. <laughs> and yes. uh, once Cronenberg took Canada's money to make like a parasite sex movie, I guess a famous critic deemed it pornographic. Mm. And then the Canadian government did not want to fund Shivers. It's not a sexy movie. No. But it is, uh, yeah, there's a lot of skin to be seen. A lot of it. And, and I... This was just really that start and shivers, obviously, the beginning, but this is the full realization, second movie in, of right. how subversive and how what weird kind of shit Cronenberg can <laughs> get into a movie that nobody else is getting into a movie. This feels like, yeah, the first taste of a lot of what would become staples yes. of Cronenberg's stuff. Yes. And you're seeing like the genesis of it here. And you did see it in Shivers, but uh, there's some very distinct visuals that I'm like, oh, that's... Yeah, man. That's like his calling card. It's like Simpsons season one to season two. (laughs) Suddenly season two, it's like, wow, they figured out a lot all (laughs) of a sudden. They got the hair color consistent (laughs) now. Yeah. (laughs) This looks much better. Like, I love Shivers because I love how he always films into these uh, old Canadian buildings that look like something out of like a Russian science lab. Right. From the 50s. Seemingly in the middle of nowhere. And so it always has that isolation where Shivers was isolated into one apartment complex. Mm-hmm. And then Rabbit is like a city. Yeah. You know, Rabbit is like Cronenberg's tiny idea in Shivers now in a huge idea. Right. Spreading beyond the borders. Right, yeah. The very end of Shivers is actually all the cars leaving to go out to the cities. Yeah. Right? And this is finally like he gets the chance to actually do that part of the movie as well. Yeah, because we do start in a it's clinic. It's a real continuation and like yeah. totally different and totally better in like a HD gorgeous mm. way, you know. The cheapness of Shivers and the great cheapness of Shivers. Of course. Rabbit is a cheap movie, but it looks like amazing. Mm. <laughs> I love this look. And a big part of that look is all of the close-ups on Marilyn Chambers. Yes, our main character, Rose. And wow. uh, Marilyn... <laughs> like one of the most gorgeous women ever yeah, if you on don't, film. If you don't know Marilyn Chambers, you should look her up real she quick. She was in a famous soap ad 
in the early 70s, mm-hmm, which was... Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the funny story. What else is on course. the list? <laughs> <laughs> well, right around the time she got the... This is perfect. The She gets this modeling gig for ivory soap, mm. pushing this pure white image. The whitest image. Ivory. Ivory. Yeah. And, uh, almost offensive. <laughs> offensively <laughs> uh, white. For... <laughs> And here she is on the ivory, I think it was ivory snow, like really just putting in as many white sounding words into this kind of soap, right? right. And so it's this gorgeous white uh, Sybil Shepherd looking woman holding a white baby on this pure <laughs> box of ivory snow line paper soap. Mm. And... Uh, Honey, get the soap with the baby get on the it. Get the soap with the white for the white people. Actually, the pure stuff, ivory snow. That's it. That's how get we do it. Get the Aryan soap, honey. <laughs> and at like the same time, she lands this major modeling gig, this nationwide campaign. She gets cast as a lead in Behind the Green Door, which would become the most famous porn movie of like that era. Yeah, you know, she's that, a pioneer. She's a pioneer. This yeah. is incredible. This was she was in one of the movies that was like the crossover porno movie mm-hmm. when like parents were going out to see Deep Throat and there was like you know a few movies that were the crossover runs that was one of them Behind the Green Door yeah 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 and that was her first porno flick and it was made by the Mitchell brothers mm. you know the theater the San Francisco yeah guys? the one right next to Great American Absolutely. Music Hall wow the Mitchell brothers theater they did look but- those guys up too. Yeah, that's an interesting story. That's a story. (laughs) So the Mitchell brothers cast her because she's like, oh, man, this is the the sweet, innocent face that we should, uh, you know, put in a terrible, (laughs) tawdry movie, right? (laughs) And uh, so picture that movie blowing up at the same time she's modeling for Arian Snow Soap. And obviously that caused a huge thing more people saw the movie no doubt because there was a huge controversy it's one of those great things where ivory snow was probably like don't look at our boxes of soap anymore (laughs) and then a bunch of parents in america were like let's go to a porno (laughs) (laughs) how did those two how did marilyn chambers cause that I mean, that she's was hitting turning. both markets yeah, at, man. A, at a great time. That's an g- American story <laughs> right there. That is a turning point. And Cronenberg, uh, after being almost blacklisted in Canada for making a, quote, pornographic movie, decides we should cast the most famous porn starlet in that's my awesome. next movie. That's a that's a rebel move right there. Yeah. Was that just the uh, tip of the hat there? Like, Dude, that was all... <laughs> Cronenberg, I love the man. Obviously, <laughs> I celebrate his existence. Uh, we're going to talk about every movie he's ever made, right? I can't wait for M. Butterfly cast. Mm. and Can't wait for the Cosmopolis two-hour <laughs> episode. But he was way into Badlands, and he oh, loved yeah. Sissy Spacek. He mm. pushed hard to get Sissy Spacek. And I said, I love wow. the man. Yeah. That would have been a much yeah. different experience for sure. Yeah. I, I love the dude. And I will never say a bad word about great actress Sissy Spacek. Yeah, yeah. But. But especially her in Badlands being this kind of passive wallflower character. Yeah. That is not what Marilyn Chambers is doing here. No. You need that combination of the innocence, because uh, she is taken over by something. We'll get into that. But you also need that, like, 
predatory mm-hmm. sexiness. And I love Sissy Spacek, and I've never thought of her as sexually predatory. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no. Bad. I guess the bad luck for Cronenberg is if they had cast her, this would have come out like six months after Carrie. Oh, I know. That probably would have been like uh, the biggest hit of his career. You actually see a Carrie poster in the background at one point. That's interesting. But uh, of all people who talked him out of Sissy Spacek, also she has like a Texas accent. I'm just not picturing her as this at all. No, not seeing this. So. Ivan Reitman, the gifted pervert who directed your favorite movie, Dave. Aww. <laughs> director of Dave, director of Ghostbusters Stripes. Sure, sure. He uh, is responsible for two pornographic actresses crossing over. He wanted Marilyn Chambers because, according to him, he was familiar with the Ivory Snow ad campaign. No, he did not. He did yeah. not. Yeah. Try to say I know that. A, I know a woman from a soap ad. Now, what's this? There was a controversy. <laughs> what's this now? She has prior acting experience, too? <laughs> I just am a big fan of the soap. I don't know what I follow local soap ads, and uh, she's a babe. Total babe. I bet she could carry a 90-minute movie as the main star. I bet. And <laughs> no, the next year, when he did Meatballs, mm. Bill Murray's main... His girlfriend in the movie... Christine DeBell was in the Alice in Wonderland porno musical. This guy was drafting exclusively from pornography. This was a golden era for the crossover. Yeah, Ivan Reitman was just getting all the the hot porno starlets. Well, it's like porno was too young to have maybe developed that reputation. Well, yeah, I mean, well, also as far as like no go as far as crossing over. It it was a uh, you know this was the era where it was normalized mm-hmm. it was pushed to suburbanites finally it was no longer uh had to be the people in trench coats they were trying to sell it like it, it played yeah. it like the local drive-in i had a coworker telling me they saw one of her films at like the petaluma drive-in oh man you know in the 70s that was a thing she saw it with her <sighs> with, her, with her then husband that yeah. was just a thing and uh so ivan reitman was just Casting over, scanning pornos and soap ads to find <laughs> soap ads to, to find America's next star. That is so funny. And I just can't see it working out better with any other actress. I there was incredible talented actresses in this era of the seventies. This is one of the greatest rawest eras for film. But Marilyn Chambers is perfect in this movie. She's great. And, and this is not an easy role for her to do. She's got to have a lot going on. Inner turmoil predatory stuff confusion and angst and yeah all the while like also like coma stuff you got <laughs> a lot <laughs> yeah. of coma stuff in the beginning yeah i mean she's also she's playing this like we're seeing a lot of this now where she's like the ultimate inspiration for like instagram hot girls mm. who are upset that they they can't they have to like wear a mask on the airplane instead of take a hot photo <laughs> marilyn chambers is the like main carrier of a virus who's like but I gotta go out. I gotta, yeah. <laughs> I gotta go out still. And uh, I get it. Watching Marilyn Chambers, it's like, oh yeah, if you're that hot, you should, you should probably go out. I get it. No, but <laughs> well, somehow so, with her hair that feathers itself in between takes, her magically feathered hair. Like, you got to show that off. That you got to take that yeah, out. That's you got to take that out. That profile, <laughs> that jaw of hers, that no, that fur coat she gets. God, I'm gonna talk mm. about how amazing Marilyn Chambers looks, but. <laughs> The way Cronenberg films her, the way he starts with, we're talking again, 
this is a thread that I, despite him making an entire movie literally just based on this, this is a big car guy. This is a big car oh, crash guy. Cronenberg is a huge car guy. Yeah. It's no wonder that Fast Company got in there. Yeah. The more I see his stuff, the more it's like, oh, of course. He likes car stuff. He loves car stuff, yeah. man. He loves car crashes. He loves filming complicated car crashes. This whole movie opens with the big surprise motorcycle crash. Oh, yeah. Motorcycle crash. Damn. I mean, you see that coming. If you're starting a Cronenberg <laughs> movie on a motorcycle on a lonely road. Once you cut, when your first shot is like, about to happen. is like a flute driven score with a couple on a motorcycle on an idyllic summer day. The saddest score. Right? Right off the bat. <laughs> this thing is like, tragedy's coming. <laughs> and then the next shot is like a, a stressed out dad not looking at the road while driving a van just like, Shut the fuck up, kids! <laughs> Just keep it down! Just like, oh, dear. Oh, dear. I also love this thing. I don't know if this was a Canadian thing, but it seems like in these movies, there's always like a like a 70-year-old dad with like a 5-year-old. Oh, my God. <laughs> the old dads in this movie <laughs> blew my mind. I was like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> so many dudes in their 60s with like babies. What yeah. the hell was happening in Montreal? Oh, it's so funny that you say that because, yeah, there's a character <laughs> named Murray in this thing who has got to be 55 years old. He's like six. At, the, so old. at the youngest. Yeah. Murray is like, he looks like Sydney. I mean, he looks like a grandpa. For he looks sure. like Sidney Pollock in yeah. Eyes Wide Shut. <laughs> But, like, if Sidney Pollock was doing an impression of, like, Andre the Giant. At first, in the first scene, I was like, is that the uh, is that the guy from Sleepaway Camp? Like, oh, <laughs> the old man? He's got that very just the oldest man. Dude, he's so Who's old. also 50. Yeah. Like, 45 just, minutes in, somebody calls him at home and he's just holding up. Yeah, I was just up with the baby. Just like, up with the... Whose they, baby yeah, so is that? that? Whose baby? After following this guy around, we get the reveal of him having a baby. <laughs> yeah, this man of all people. Blew my mind. It's the great... It goes back to the... I mean, it's like, it's alive. It's so funny. It's like all the oldest guys who already have, like, 50-year-old man comb-overs are just like, yeah, you know, I got the newborn. Right. What? And I'm an old man to be a father for yeah. the first time. So you feel how do you how would you feel fifty five holding that baby just smoking with the with the the seventies baby bottle that is just like a silo of milk this, yeah right <laughs> <laughs> just like this tiny little nip I'm I mean this guy I was just like yeah yeah, yeah what a outbreak well let me go change the bassinet here it's just like, such a it's so weird. And the whole movie's filled with... I don't know if he's doing it on purpose just to make every scene as bizarre and surreal as possible. I don't know. It feels just like... Rabbit feels like Cronenberg's making this sexy movie that's also just constantly fucking with you. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like a vampire movie. It kind of... It's like kind of a disease movie, an outbreak movie. It, But what it isn't for all these schlocky, weird things is cheap and bad mm. this is an achievement this is a vision and i love just the way he focuses this big crash these this arguing family this 58 year old dad who's with with like a 24 year old wife oh sure and <laughs> just classic old dad young family love to see it <laughs> but the way you know he the, the tension he can build with some stuff that you know is going to happen mm -hmm. and stuff that you don't see coming it's such a great ping-ponging effect where you're playing out these long, like, oh, God, this you know exactly the worst thing that's going to happen. 
And then the whole movie is also filled with these sudden jumps and scares of things that you didn't expect. Mm. And this big motorcycle crash, it's tough. That, trapped under motorcycles, yeah. screaming, explosions going off. A dad telling his kid to like his family to like shut up. <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs> Don't look at the bodies. Yeah, Marilyn Chambers gets trapped under the bike. Yeah, burns up real good. And uh, luckily, or Luck- maybe unluckily, <laughs> Jeez. as things turn out, luckily, right next to a remote uh, plastic surgery clinic. What is in the middle of nowhere? Kind of like okay, <laughs> they see they actually see the crash from their site and well, send their one ambulance out to get Because somebody just happens to be uh, looking out at the uh, world with their binoculars yeah. from the Keloid Institute. <laughs> the Keloids. Cronenberg is so good about finding these name. buildings, like these weird little enclosed worlds. Think about all these movies, you know, in Shivers and this in uh, the Brood. There's this like mm. distant, detached clinic. Yeah. Just out in nowhere, either out in the woods, out in the middle of these green, weird fields, just this postmodernism mm-hmm. building, like uh, a retreat. Exactly. I like the word retreat. Cronenberg, Cronenberg's retreats are always It's like outside of cursed. Montreal, but it's far enough outside of Montreal that they cannot move her to the general hospital in the city yeah. for a month after she gets admitted. <laughs> a, yeah. Well, she just couldn't be transferred just because of the... the uh, tenderness of her situation. I guess. I guess. Yeah, they had to put a lot of skin grafts There's a lot on we her. don't know about the Keloid clinic. I was like, one month later? They're not moving This her? shot is so weird, month? man. The first time we see the people in the Kelo- the Keloid clinic, everybody's got bandages. We oh, have yeah. no idea what this place is, but it is like the walking wounded. The guy runs into frame with his entire head wrapped like he just was about to spar. Exactly. And the, the woman watching the explosion or binoculars has these patches under her eyes. We have no idea. What these, it's like this experimental plastic surgery retreat. Mm-hmm. Is it one of the? It's kind of this great weird idea where you get your plastic surgery, but it's like you're going to rehab. Right. Nobody so you can just, see you heal. Yeah. You yeah, come back looking that hot. awkward. Yeah. So everybody's got nose bandages on. Like you go there to I get think all that your. That might cosmetic be a real surgery. thing. That yeah. feels. That feels real. Yeah. Your cosmetic stuff, surgery retreat. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, I'm going on a yoga treat. You come back with a nice perky button nose. Yoga but, can do wonders. But yeah, Cronenberg presenting people that are being treated in isolation, mm. you know, removed from regular functioning society. That's what I love is like how it eventually moves into busy society. It takes that isolated feel and then expands it. That, yeah. But that... That whole thing that he does that separates people from society is always very, he makes it weird. He makes it uncomfortable. And you don't know why this place is out here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you know, that's a thing he's done in several of his movies is just present this weird, detached, closed world. And he does it great. And yeah, like you said, she has to get emergency cosmetic surgery. <laughs> yeah. She's burned. She was trapped. They're peeling flaps of skin off her like, like they're taking a craft single. Yeah, <laughs> like out of a, pack, a like a fruit little... roll up. Yeah, just peeled right off her thigh meat. Just oh. getting a sample, I guess. I'm I'm not sure exactly. I don't know how skin. They're gonna grow that work, skin man. later. They're just gonna grow else. the skin. Yeah, they're taking a big chunk of skin from like. Sure, you'll fix one part of her like upper torso, but now she's got a big old square thigh. I don't know how it works. <laughs> I don't know how the Keloid Institute. We're not doctors functions. here. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't really quite understand how she ends up getting this uh, parasite that. 
Well, it's an experimental skin graft. Is the is the is the turn of the story? There's some science jargon thing where they where a uh, the Doctor Keloid. Yeah, yeah. Which, as you know, keloid is means scar tissue. Get mm. a keloid. I did not. Your, it's like a. I've I've I'm watched a lot here today. I've watched Doctor Pimple Popper. Oh, I learned about keloids. No, I can't do that. I can't it's, do that uh, stuff. But it's like the least subtle pun mm-hmm. ever to name it the sure. keloid. Clinic. Oh yeah, Doctor Scar. Might as well have just said <laughs> yeah. Doctor Scar. Doctor Hatchet. Come into yeah. like what? Ooh. My orthodontist was Doctor Payne. It was like, come on, man. <laughs> Doctor Payne. Man. That was my yeah, dad's buddy. Yeah, I do better than that. Doctor Payne, <laughs> the painless dentist. My dad had a hygienist named Candy. Oh, nice. There you go. <laughs> Dennis. Anyway. <laughs> Those anadonis, man. Well, whatever Ooh. Dr. Keloid did, he there's some bug in her now. And uh, Yeah, he does this experimental <laughs> he he knows this is like his chance to do this basically Dr. Gable's experiment on a human being. And it grows her like man. One uh, you talk about recurring Cronenberg themes. Mm-hmm. It's finding ways to get buttholes in movies <laughs> this is that's what i was referring Cronenberg's to got so many not buttholes yeah in movies the, man. i guess there was a skin graft maybe on the armpit because that's where she develops a second butthole <laughs> <laughs> like a violent scorpion butthole but you know the cronenberg buttholes if you've seen a cronenberg movie <laughs> got a spit take <laughs> these aren't just normal buttholes <laughs> You know the Cronenberg buttholes. <laughs> These things are wrinkly. We're, they're like flared. There's something just inside like, of them kind of moving around they, unseen. They like move <laughs> on their disgusting. own. They like they almost breathe. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Sucks, man. They suck. Man, Cronenberg. <laughs> and she's got one right in the armpit. I, I don't know it. what buttholes Cronenberg has seen <laughs> where he might be thinking. <laughs> got it all wrong just like yeah you know it's just like mine it's like flamed it has that scorpion's tail yeah i don't know man i don't want to know but he do be showing buttholes <laughs> <laughs> he, he do i just i love to think that though that this was the first time like he made that i i'm try, trying to remember if it was in shivers or i don't not. know it, i don't think we had but that kind of this like yeah gaping kind of breathing <laughs> butthole with like something in it that pops out Something like, in it that like shouldn't be there. Like I just imagine him coming up with this and be like, oh, "I'm going to use this again. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to use this again." Imagine a dude who had lost his funding, like from because of the first movie he made, and then it's like, "Well, if I don't put a butthole into a movie." <laughs> <laughs> I might not get my oh, yeah. chance. He's at the censors and he's like, what if it was in her armpit? <laughs> this then dude, I'm not showing a real butthole. I would love just video. <laughs> yeah. It's like a kid. Hear me out. It's like a kid calling his mom a cump. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, right. dude. We know what you're doing. I know you technically didn't say the word. We can't just say... You can't call me a binge. That's like weird. I know yeah. what's, but he's like I know a penis-shaped object is going to come out of it and penetrate other people, but it's in the armpit, so it's kind of you know made up. And he was how many ratings board Canadian ratings boards that have to you'd have to imagine one guy worked there long enough to be like is Cronenberg passing off another butthole on us. <laughs> And then Cronenberg just going like, but technically it's not. They're just like, oh. Exactly. Like, he just keeps getting around. Like, he's still, and he never 
I love this man <laughs> who never loses interest in doing it. We're talking a 1977 movie. He's finding pioneering ways to do them in existence. Oh, yeah. But 22 years later, he's just like, I can think of another way to fit buttholes into this. I can get fingers in them now. I got it, guys. We're getting a <laughs> finger in it. Somebody's going to lube up one with a finger. <laughs> this guy is... Genius. I, that's his trademark. <laughs> yeah, man. Flawless, man. Um, but yeah, she, as you do with an experimental skin graft, you can grow extra holes. Mm-hmm, and... Mm-hmm. It's a ridiculous premise. It's ridiculous. <laughs> well, right? then she basically becomes hungry for human flesh. She she, she can't eat know anything it even. else. She just suddenly starts lusting and, for humans. Yeah, and then she uh, the, the the specifically the little penis pecker armpit butthole yeah. popper <laughs> right. comes out. So it's listed as in the credits. So it's yeah, it's like a vampireish aspect of like she's feeding on people. But yeah. then they turn into zombie type rabid creatures. Well, that's why it and has so this, this crazy this feeling of, of this, this like, stuff. you know, it's like an STD kind of movie. Mm. You know, it's before the AIDS crisis. So mm. it's not, you know. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Cronenberg's great at making movies about AIDS without ever saying he, he's like, nope, never thought of it actually. Right. The fly even more so. But, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's easy to put those kind of topics on his movies because it's. It's right there on the screen. Mm-hmm. The the comparisons are right there. And so when what I love the most is how he makes this movie with this famous, you know, sex starlet, this sensual, attractive woman. And once she starts using that sensuality, it becomes this crazy, like a lot of her victims are sexually predatory males. They get yep. the tables immediately turned on them. But that first kill where she doesn't know what's happening and... She becomes this whole other person and immediately tries to charm the doctor. She like wakes up out of a coma. Yeah. And starts just charming the first guy she sees. Immediate, like out of, man, I well, don't know. Well, it's like she's, she comes out of the coma a month into this thing. Right. And she's scared and screaming and flopping around. And then as soon as she sees the guy, it's like she becomes possessed with this. Yeah, this carnal. Yeah, this charm. Like, but it's like a Venus flytrap just opening up and letting the fly walk in. Well, that's... Of, well, that's vibe. one of the things I couldn't see Sissy Spacek doing because mm-hmm. if I'm like a doctor and my patient's been in a coma for a month and she wakes up and starts like really heavily putting the moves on me, <laughs> like if it's Sissy Spacek, I probably like, I gotta, I gotta get the hell out of here. <laughs> but Marilyn Chambers, I get why that doctor's like, okay, well, I can do a further checkup. <laughs> but okay, so I, okay. I recently saw this in the theater, mm-hmm. right? And uh, when the doctor's giving her a checkup, he like, you know, some person in the crowd like gasped as <laughs> if the doctor was like, you know, assaulting the patient and oh. not like a doctor. And I'm like, man, buddy, if you're in a coma for a month, people are seeing your balls. <laughs> like yeah. a lot of people are just doing like treating your body like it's furniture. You're still pooping. When you're yeah, like coma. they're touching your stuff. Yeah. And uh, it's happening every day, and they won't remember your name in a lot of the instances. So, yeah, but oh my word. Like, but that's they, the thing that's going to shock them about this movie. Right, right. If that shocks the person, this guy's in a for a bumpy 85 <laughs> minutes. Well, Cronenberg is able to kind of, yeah, he's able to play on that. Like, is the doctor being creepy mm-hmm. or not? Or the is it way- her? 
seducing. The way it turns into this like yeah. sexually predatory punishment movie that's right there at the service all times because she realizes that once once she feeds on this poor doctor, which we don't see, movie doesn't give you the butthole till like you know two thirds. Oh yeah, you gotta you don't right. you gotta wait. You, you gotta, gotta you don't it. just get that in first kill. You build that. Mm-hmm. It just looks like she's bear hugging them to death at first. Right. Except they have puncture wounds. Yeah, it's a very strange, like, huh, he's bleeding out at the side. Uh... It's this weird alien thing where she just lures him in and then just hugs him. And just, and this, man, the faces this guy starts making. <laughs> you have no idea what's happening to this man. It's so scary. The scares in this movie, I think, are legit. But it's this amazing, this is one of those movies that Cronenberg does where you can look at it in so many ways. You can get it, just a straight horror movie out of it. You can get this subversive sex (laughs) disease movie out of it. Or you can just get this weird, bizarre Canadian 70s feel out of it. It's all (laughs) these things at once. But once she kills this guy and nobody has anything, no idea what's going on, Mm -hmm. it gets crazy. It gets good. Once she is discharged... Oh my god. It ramps up pretty it quickly. It ramps up. Because yeah, like I said, her her victims go into a rabid state. Yes. Start <laughs> start basically zombie feeding on people before they go into a coma and die. Yeah. And those people who get bit goes on and on. Pandemic saliva is levels very contagious. immediately, right? So yeah, we get a full pandemic. And the carrier and nobody has any idea situation. where it's coming from. They think it's rabies. They right. the government is getting involved. Things are ramping up quick. Nobody guessed the extra butthole snake uh, charming woman. They never think that. Yeah. Nobody ever guesses No one that. saw that coming. And the more we get, like, these intercut scenes between Marilyn Chambers kind of <laughs> discharged from the hospital and wreaking havoc on city life, we get these, like, very serious behind the scenes of, like, we need to figure out what's going on. Oh, yeah. As she's just Agent Zero carrying this throughout the city, she... Ugh, I love this scene where... She's walking down this country road, finds a barn in the rain, and tries to feed off of a cow. This urge that she knows she has to feed, and now we know that she's aware that... (laughs) It's got to be human. (laughs) Yeah. When she throws up after feeding on the cow, her lovingly, like, holding and kind of caressing the cow while she's getting her, you know, armpit (laughs) butthole on it. While she's feeding. And, uh, is, like I said, I use sensual, and I... Specifically didn't say sexual when talking to her. She has this tenderness and this that's why she's the perfect castmate. That's why she was cast for the soap ad for the for the white race. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> why she was <laughs> cast in porn. And she had this sensual relatability. They call her the girl next door, which is like, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what neighborhood you live in, but <laughs> and uh <laughs> but yeah, her finding out that it needs to be human blood. And her not stopping herself is important. Right, she right. is innocent. She didn't ask to be, to get whatever that is in her armpit, but she knows. Right. I think it's important to, for us to know that she knows. Oh, she definitely knows. She eventually makes her way back to an old roommate or a friend. And she knows well enough that she doesn't want to just feed off of her friend. She yeah. has to go out and find right? strange men. And then she's she like starts, Bronson. She starts, yeah. It really she's like doing a sexy death wish. It turns into like uh, Scarlett Johansson in Under the Skin. Yes. Where she's just out why hunting. Did I, why did I think of Death Wish before Under the Skin? <laughs> but it's very, it's yes. just out her hunting and just finding hunting, men, picking yes. them up, 
going into the porno theater. Okay. Letting the guy pick her up. The porno theater Oof. scene is... And, and you want to talk about the normalization of porn. There was a hundred dudes in that theater. Oh, That thing well, was packed. Yeah, that wasn't a normalization of porn. That was still... That was the guys were like, oh, we still got to go to the Eve theater for our dudes only porn. Her trip was, into town, man, <laughs> is so great because I don't know if she... she I love her hitchhiking. Once she moves past like uh, old drunk farmers sure, protecting yeah. their livestock and on to actual just innocent and hitchhikers. Just truckers and yeah. In every movie where an innocent hitchhiking woman gets picked up by a trucker, it's like, oh, this trucker's gonna deserve this trucker was the only trucker that's never deserved it. Mm-hmm. Movie. This was like are Canadian truckers are they totally different? Well, you know they're nicer. They're I much mean, nicer. You gotta know this that. guy offers her like as meatloaf a meatloaf sandwich. Less rapey. For sure, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. The guy's, cool dude. Guys picks up Marilyn Chambers on the road and just like, Are "You hungry? Here's a sandwich." She starts throwing up. He's like, "All right, I, I, I love him getting out and coming around and like patting her on the back yeah. while she's throwing up. Get it all, like, out all right, now. come on. All right, huh? he. There was no hint of impropriety no. with him. Such a nice dude. Yeah, and even <laughs> you know he got armpit bit. Picture him at like doing a cross border trip and at the first diner, he's like. Gas, grass, or ass. I don't believe I've heard of this. <laughs> What's this guy? I've just been giving them lifts. <laughs> sure, I go hungry, but they need my meatloaf sandwich more than me. Yeah, this is the nicest, the nicest trucker. And then there's like an old lady mm. that she gets picking her up for another ride. She gets a woman in in a hot tub. Oh, yeah. Good hot tub scene. That woman was soaking. She, she was ready to get out. Yeah. She wasn't lying just to escape imminent death. She, she was, really had to get out of that hot tub. Man, that girl was in a full recline in the tub. <laughs> Nothing worse than that. When you've got the tub to yourself in the clinic <laughs> yeah. after hours, you're right? like, I sneak in after hours so I get my, my Get my tub deep time. soak. That's when my tubbing happens. And someone just comes my in. tubbing time. Yeah. This is my time. Yeah, when Marilyn, even when Marilyn Chambers comes in, that's just a like, oh boy, oh, boy. you kidding? This is my solo. This is my time. <laughs> this is my slime time. <laughs> <laughs> but that look, man, Marilyn Chambers in her like little onesie, her keloid institute uh, white mm-hmm. gear before she escapes, you know, stepping slowly, uh, aggressively into that hot tub. It's so good. By the time she's in the city and gets to that porno theater. You know, doesn't want to eat a roommate. Knows where to go bag a few scumbags. Exactly. Really knows where to where to get some people get some that dinner. nobody will miss. Yeah. Jeez. The Eve Theater. Oh, that guy had a family at home. You know. That guy. What a creep. <laughs> so this this whole theater scene. I love theater movie theater scenes in movies oh, yeah. anyway. But this is one of my out and out favorite Cronenberg scenes and favorite scenes in a horror movie. When she that shot of her going to, I don't know, pleasures of the Swedish woman or whatever those, yeah. uh, you know, party swappers spelled wrong on the marquee. <laughs> and uh, that shot of her going into the, the dirty movies theater and walking down the aisle with her feathered hair and the fur coat and the <laughs> shot that reveals like a hundred dudes. It's a huge theater. <laughs> All spaced out so nobody's sitting together, but everybody's yeah. like, you know, social distance because they're all Jacking it in their trench coats. Horny and smoking cigarettes, yeah. Women do not show up alone. (laughs) Oh, no. At the Eve Theater. She got some looks. This shot of her and the... Also, I love that 80% of the dudes do not notice her. 
Oh yeah, <laughs> they they are just like watching their their flick. They this is their night out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're there for the cinema. Mm-hmm. This sounded like a very cinematic right film that they were seeing. <laughs> yeah, this is Cliff Booth, <laughs> and uh, I love that they they pick of course the skeeziest the guy with the big old bald round pate. Looking like the dude from Scanners. It was like, yeah, like a sleazy Clint Howard. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And the way he's immediately, if nobody else is noticing her, this guy is the immediate one that's like seeing the mark from a mile away, right? Seeing this this girl getting off the bus and's like, that's the one. This guy <laughs> moves in for it. So this is our real like big sense of like, this girl's going to go after predators. Mm, this is yeah, the one yeah. just targeted. The, the, not just the predators, the dumbest ones to fall enough for, like, even when there's red flags. Totally. The first red flag for me, if I was this guy, would be Marilyn Chambers. Everything talking she was to me. doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything she was doing, responding yeah. well to you, touching her, uh, inviting you to sit with her, but in a very, like, passively. It's like, it, it's, it's like, uh, Predator watching its food. What just? What I love get about closer and closer the the uh, the sexual uh, implications of mm. this movie are there is no sex in this movie. If you know you are using a, a pornographic actress, she appears nude once. Some usually it's yeah. in a medical way, and one time get putting a, a dress on, but she is. It cuts off before she sees what she what we. We don't know what happens to the guys. Mm-hmm. She never actually puts out for any of these guys. You know, it is not exploitative at all. It's very uh, a way to hide a low budget, but do it incredibly effectively. So this movie theater scene, man, it's one of my favorite Cronenberg nice. scenes. And her lines are so great because she's delivering in this movie kind of like porno level dialogue, mm-hmm. but with like a wink almost because the whole audience knows this poor dude's fate the uh, moment he sets eyes on her this whole setup scene could be a like you play it totally differently this is a porno setup scene the definitely guy, the guy thinks he's about to get jerked off in this theater. <laughs> minimum well i love that cronenberg is filming but what's a clear porno setup scene he's doing all the things that is making them stuff shirts at the canadian broadcasting <laughs> corporation exactly Just, but her life was she say something like when he brushes, when he does the worst brush up at a show, like if you're the skeezy guy at a concert who's pushing past women brushing their butts, you know, like <laughs> he basically does that to yeah. to her. And she's the first sign of her not running out of their screaming was yellow flag number one. Yeah, for this guy, at least yellow. And yeah. he just burns right through that yellow light. <laughs> the way she says. Uh, I really like seeing these movies, but men always bother me. And him just being like, hmm, now's my <laughs> shot. Like, buddy, you got this coming. That If yeah, that doesn't oh yeah, sound like that, that line from her is like, she could have told him she was the wallet inspector. Man, that is <laughs> such a, <laughs> this girl is setting you up for something. This is too good to be true. Yeah, exactly. And he just moves in. But his, his con is pretty good. Saying that uh, if oh well you know if these guys are bothering you you can pretend I'm your boyfriend right you trying to play that then that none of these card. other creeps will bother you you're the one good guy out of the other yeah. ninety nine creeps right <laughs> that's that's really the only strategy you can employ if you're that guy 
the you're the good one. Mm-hmm. Let me protect mm-hmm. you from all these weirdos. I'm also here for the cinema, <laughs> like you. I'm not here for the jerkin'. And yeah, for I like the to watch private trench coat too. jerkin. These guys bother me too. You know, oh, this you're trench right. coat? No, this I was picking this up for somebody. <laughs> Draped over his arm. But uh, uh, so not a terrible offer if mm. he's taken her in bad faith. Uh, even though we see this guy as a clear creep, we know exactly what's going to happen. But the Cronenberg shot that I love so much. This not only do we get this gorgeous, perfectly framed Marilyn Chambers kind of sitting offside to the camera. Mm-hmm. leaving that seat next to her open in the frame. Once he she invites him to move up to her row, the faces she goes through as the camera stays on her and he leaves the frame to exit his aisle and then in real time comes back in her frame, right. the smile that starts spreading across her face where <laughs> this sucker. Dinner's coming. <laughs> this sucker, man. Yeah. Oh, I love that scene. And right after, I think one of my... I love this shot where she exits that theater like did did exactly what I came there to do. And she's walking down the night street in her fur coat. What a fur coat, mm-hmm. by the way, with that always feathered coiffed hair, just like confidently walking. Out. Oh, my God. A little bit of a Travolta strut. Yes. Going on. There. Just yeah. cool. Just impossibly cool. Yeah. Impossibly <laughs> hot. Iconic. Everything. That whole shot and her look in that shot was like. You know what movie. You know what. You are making this movie. Mm. And then that cut back to the dude just Dead in <laughs> slumped seat. and drained in his seat. Perfect. Oh, perfect. But yeah, the way this becomes an outbreak movie and starts spreading mm. and her maintaining her innocence by somehow not picking up on the fact that she's the bad guy. Yeah, I don't think she makes the connection that they are that her victims are waking back up and she thinks going she's just rabid. killing killing dudes. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> the, she just thinks she's leaving a wake of dozens of bodies. In she her just path. thinks this uh, citywide pandemic is breaking out coincidentally at the same time that she is doing this <laughs> killing, where she's murdering men in a, with an appendage that she didn't used to have. So, exactly. She just thinks that this is a rough month. <laughs> for everyone. Wow. Yeah. Everyone's really going through the shit. What are the odds? Huh, though? there was an outbreak on a subway today and I murdered four men. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Whole city's really going down the tube. Exactly. <laughs> but the way that it keeps intercutting this almost military like pandemic that's going out where we even hear about uh vaccination cards. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Is crazy. You know, 45 years ago, these pandemic movies were talking about the crumbling of society. I think think that's something where, yeah, it's like, okay, so 45 years ago, they would have done the same thing that they're doing now. (laughs) Yeah. That's as far as we've come. We're going to give you a card. Yep. (laughs) Give you a card, and then... uh, And you've got to have it on you to get in anywhere you go. So we really didn't... This Didn't new disease, there, yeah, huh? they don't know anybody about it. They even got like, there's like anti-vaxxers in the movie. There's mm. this cop who says something like, it's just like just how stupid cops are today. The first, <laughs> the first cop that comes into contact with one of the doctors, he's like, you know, those rabies shots are killers. Like, I'll take my chances on getting sick. 
Yeah, yeah. Like, great. Good job. Cops are still rolling the dice on getting sick. I know. Cop strategy hasn't changed in a pandemic in 45 years. Sometimes I love when you uh, can relate to something from an old movie. (laughs) Sometimes I don't love that. The cops are just like them today. So, yeah, it would have been. They're just like us. What's different is that, yeah, we don't have the military with guns telling us we need the vax card. We just have, you know. The general manager. We just have the store. Bennigans. Yeah, trying to trying to make sure everyone's got a mask on until they sit yeah. at their table. We can go to the Apple store. We might yeah. need one, you know. And uh, <laughs> yeah, once we get to her, still like hunting men, her prey, and on the news, there's one man who is the most fr- like the frankest governmental response you've I heard. Love, we haven't got I there. Yeah, you're there with me. Yeah. When he breaks it down, he's like, you're not going to like hearing this. <laughs> a lot of you people aren't ready for what I'm about to say. I would not be. Yeah. I'd be a, I guess that would be a shock when his next sentence is, shooting down the victims is as good a way as handling this as we have. Like, that's our be- That's where we're at right now. That's cut camera right there. Boom. Yeah. yeah. You are <laughs> now going to be shot on sight if you're slightly suspicious. I'd, yeah, Woo. I think there was one before that where the guy is talking about how it's like rabies, and they're like, so what should we do? And he's like, well, don't get bit, <laughs> yeah. and uh, stay away from people if they look like they have rabies. Like, yeah. Good call. Once we start and going And then it into- escalates to, also, we're just shooting them. That's because they go into a coma and die anyways. <laughs> yeah. We can't save them. So we're gonna stop them from, you know. I like this take on on the zombie movie where the zombies have like a forty eight hour gestation. I like window that too. Yeah, yeah, for as much damage as they can cause in forty eight hours, and then they just die. Mm-hmm. It's great. It, le- it now, but once they do start machine gunning zombies, I love when she goes hunting. I would have kept picking off the porno theaters, or is that where they're like the porno theaters closed? They must. Yeah, they I closed think, during. I think the- things shut down when military law. Uh, gets, she goes into what into looks there. like. The 1987 Cottingtown Mall. Oh yeah, that mall. Dude, that looked like standing outside a work world with a with a, the appropriate mall creep <laughs> oh who's got the knee high leather <laughs> Where boots did he on. Find these people. <laughs> the people in this movie. This is some man. Uh, that's a great twist when that guy. Uh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> Maybe the greatest thing, I, I don't think it, this really carried over into Cronenberg's 80s, but in all of his 70s movies, there are some wild, like, clothing choices. Mm-hmm. Remember all the shirts from on the on the trucker buddies in, like, Fast Company? Oh, yeah, definitely. All these great, like, great clothing in Fast Company. All these weird clothing designs in The Brood. And, oh, yeah, uh, iconic clothing designs in The Brood. Yeah. Those puffy jackets. <sighs> Yes. And Who Oliver Reed in his sweaters. Oliver yeah. Reed. Yeah. And now in this movie, it's such a weird undercutting of the serious violence between the first guy that's helping Marilyn Chambers, and he's wearing like a jogging suit that says, jogging kills. <laughs> You're like, who the fuck are these people? Like, everything's this... <laughs> Everybody looks like a total goofus. But the guy with the riding boots in the mall. These Looking boots. like a Peter Pan kind of guy. <laughs> He looks like a little Pied Piper (laughs) coming up to her. Daryl showing up to hit on the hottest woman in the Cottingtown Mall. Probably 19 years old. What a weenie. (laughs) (laughs) What a weeder. These boots. I don't know what man could pull off these boots. Uh, He couldn't. He He definitely did not. (laughs) He failed the the first side of these. They're like these light brown 
tanned, smooth boots that are all the way up to his knees. All the way. With, like, his baggy olive khakis tucked into <laughs> Yeah, the Yeah, the... Yeah. They really do look the like a riding crop. are tucked in, pulled out like a riding crop. I mean, I know he in looked, the 70s you could kind of just dress for whatever profession you wanted in your fantasy <laughs> life. But this was uh, this is ridiculous. Like, he, it looked like costuming from, like, if there was a porno Barry Lyndon. Yeah. They're like, just, yeah, throw him in these boots. <laughs> throw him this these uh, hooker boots. What a guy. Uh, these people. I don't know what the Canadian casting offices looked like in the 70s. I had no idea where Cronenberg was finding any of these people. I'd like to think that that was, that, that was his this personal is what boots. We were... <laughs> I'm pretty sure the dude whose head blew up in scanners showed up at some point. Oh, right. I'm pretty sure there, his mustache, his bald head. Not the creep in the theater's bald head. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess this does... We are right in the era of great 70s hair movies. A lot of various baldings mm-hmm. and men with babies. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> a lot of bald old men with babies. And <laughs> But I love that that guy, the riding boots guy, then gets it from a zombie instead of her. What a great twist. Tur- that is a carpenter turn, man. Yeah. When you think that she is just waiting to, to suck that guy's innards out with her butthole. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the guy he goes to borrow a lighter from is a zombie. That's a great gotcha. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. He does these long, tension-filled setups to the deaths you know are happening. And that's when we're right in the middle of it. That's how out of control things are. This thing is spreading. And the cops know that there's a pandemic going. And I think we've already had the shoot him down comment. So when Riding Boots guy gets attacked, (laughs) then... These people still go to the mall, man. The the zombie's going crazy in the mall. And a cop with a Tommy gun? (laughs) The untouchable cop over here shoots him and Santa Claus, the mall Santa, <laughs> at the same time in a total bloodbath. So I've been th- I've like, been thinking about like, this. It escalates quickly. I, I've been thinking about something that I've never thought about rap before. Seeing this, it's such an initially funny shot to have a zombie getting mowed down by a cop with a Tommy gun, who also takes down accidental victim Santa. Yeah, in the same round of bull- and then afterwards does this real like. Ooh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like he does like a ah shit. He makes a face like he missed the seven ten split that he <laughs> yeah. thought he was gonna get. It's really like, like ah. a ah, nevertheless. <laughs> but I got a so, lot of paperwork now. <laughs> <laughs> so part of me, it's really hard to not just get immediately distracted by the sight of a mall Santa getting just machine gunned down. But and then I started thinking about it, and I'm like, this is actually a really smart little subplot to add in for Cronenberg. The fact that the movie is set during Christmas, which we mm. are, do not realize until we see a Santa get Tommy gunned. Right, yeah. If there was a big pandemic that started at Christmas time and people were carrying, they would let cops carry machine guns before they would shut down the mall during Christmas. Yeah, right. That would 100% happen. So you're wondering, like, why is this dude in riding boots still going to the mall well, it's Christmas, early in the pandemic. Sure, I could see. You haven't watched anybody visibly get shotgunned yet. Mm-hmm. So you're still, you could still go go head up the FYE. Yeah, <laughs> you can go to Sabaro. Her friend's on the crowded train when someone gets attacked on the, uh, yeah. on the transit there. That's, and- that's another smart thing, because if you've known anybody that lives in a city that's t- they're taking Muni, they all have like, oh, yeah, crazy guy on the train story. <laughs> yeah. Your roommate comes home and starts talking about a crazy guy that bit somebody on the train. Like, we've all ridden a bus with a guy that ha- probably had a bite mm-hmm. on it at mm-hmm. some point 
It happens. Somebody got bit on your Somebody bus. got bit on any public transport you've taken. Yeah. So I love how he builds to these things that are kind of explainable and people are able to ignore a bit of this br- huge breakdown in society. Yeah. Kind of yeah. keep themselves cushioned until it becomes too late. Until all of a sudden there's 10 garbage trucks driving down the road. Just disposing of bots. Mili- military escort. <laughs> yeah. And they put the curfew on and... Have no qualms about shooting a guy who's on top of a car with an innocent person in it. Dude. <laughs> and then hosing the car. And then they the just hose it off <laughs> on a your way. customary hosing. That scene where, yeah, where Rose's boyfriend is trying to find her and get her. And he's out driving after curfew. And the guy's on the windshield. <laughs> blah, 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 and they just shotgun or machine gun him. <laughs> and go, there's another one, Frank. Hey. Frank and his buddy come out in their little hazmat suits. <laughs> and just kind of homeless guy squeegee the yeah. windshield. You get the blood off and then just go, on your way. You know what they call Canadian hazmat guys on the cleanup crew? Oh, no. Hosers. <laughs> we had a couple of hosers here for sure. A couple of hosers come running out. They come running out like they're like they're sweeping off like the, the bad acts at Showtime at the Apollo. That's 100%. Like, get the hook. And they come out with a little spray hose to just hose off the guys like Honda. Yeah. Oh, we got a body that died directly on this man's windshield while he was screaming. Yeah, just squeegee it off there. The newspaper doesn't leave as much streaks. You know? Like, oh my God. So that so the movie goes from like, oh, there was an outbreak on the subway today to like man getting machine gunned on your car. Yeah. And then sprayed off and go, All right, you can go. Come on through. <sighs> I love that immediate government killing precision presented to just normal folks that are like yeah you know i heard a guy got bit <laughs> like well you do notice within a day a yeah. lot of people got their vax cards in this movie yeah <laughs> so they knew it was serious i think yeah <laughs> a lot of people are like going to the grocery store like yeah yeah oh well, i got it no no oh, I, I got, got it, it. <laughs> it's right here it's right here let me tell you yeah if you see uh guys in like gas masks Gun down a man on your car and then be like, all right, you're good. Go through. You make sure you carry your card on you. <laughs> exactly. You, you get your That's paper That's Indiana out. Jones going, no ticket right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get that ticket out. You wave it. Yeah, I'm, whole, I'm getting it ready. I'm getting that thing laminated. Have it ready. I'm making sure that I am not losing this Have thing. Have your ID right? and your back start out <laughs> when you get to the front of the line. And all so we're getting this uh, omnipotent killing machine. Of the government coming in to just shut it down. All at the same time, you get this classic Cronenberg tale of a deteriorating body. A person Mm. whose body is transforming into something that they don't know what's on the other side. A person losing the human part of themselves. How many times has he expertly told that story in very, very different inventive ways? seen people a lot of people questioning their identities mm-hmm. and their human side yeah i thought it was interesting once once rose does kill her roommate out of desperation her boyfriend comes and finds her there and she doesn't say like i didn't do it or i'm innocent she says i'm still me yeah i'm still rose and he oh man maybe my favorite line in the whole movie okay where the guy just goes you're still rose you're not <laughs> you're not still rose <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the the conversation is I'm still me, yeah. not I'm innocent of these c- crimes or I di- it's not that she's like I didn't which, right. you know. It's the humanity in that, you know, why Gina Davis is still showing up at Jeff Goldblum's place in the fly. You know, it's why uh 
in American Werewolf in London. You know, she's still trying to plead mm. with David Dotton when he is fully a wolf. There's oh, that yeah, something yeah, yeah. in the eyes. It's the human connection you can find to King Kong. You know, the humanity in an ape, right? Like, the best of these kind of movies can really connect that and still appeal to that human side. I don't think we've ever gotten one where the person's not, you know, where she's not transformed enough to recognize. Yeah, she, she doesn't She never do... fully crosses over into an animal. She just right, right. gets this new thirst. That's why it's more vampiric. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I'm me. Like, that's that's fear. Her fear in this was so good. Yeah. Her crying in, in her bathroom, you know, that scene where she tells her roommate, like, when she tries to sneak out, can't go out without her fur coat. Uh-huh. That's what gave her away. She could have gotten out of the apartment. <laughs> she had to get her fur coat. It's got to be cold out there ah, in Toronto. It's got to be though. cold in the yeah. Toronto Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Montreal yeah. Christmas, man. They get cold. Montreal, yeah. That's, that's right. the same. It's Eastern Canada. Yeah, there you go. And, uh, Sorry, Canada. You're all the same. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, the movie just wouldn't have felt the same in, like, Buffalo. You had to go over the border. Sure, to, sure. To, <laughs> and uh, when she looks at her roommate and says, like, almost whining, like, I don't want it to be you. Yeah. <laughs> roommate has no idea what she's talking about, of course. She like, could have been a little more clear like, there. What do you mean you don't want it to be me? <laughs> like, yeah, that's the time, if any, for the explanation of what's been happening. Exactly. I think that's when you got to lay your cards on the table and say, look, got an extra butthole. <laughs> it make me hungry. <laughs> I don't, I don't know yet you. if I'm the root cause of this quarantine, yeah. but I'm definitely not an asset. I'm definitely killing people. Yeah, I've definitely murdered a lot. And I will kill you because I'm hungry as fuck. Yeah, that's when you tell her that you've been feed. Of course, that's tough. That's tough to come out to your roommate and tell him that you feed on humans. I can imagine. That's tough. I get it. <laughs> but, but there's that tenderness. Like, There's so much of when you're thinking about a movie, if you just tell somebody... Oh, yeah, it's about a parasitic butthole. It's crazy. <laughs> like, yeah. you don't think you're getting the tenderness of a I don't want it to be you kind of seed and the way she plays it. This could have fallen off the rails at any point of the 90 minutes. The fact that it stays so humanly connecting, mm. as long as it does, very impressive. Very tough task. Yeah, you, you're still rooting for her, even though she's become this bad guy. She has that innocence. Yeah. When she said, you know, I'm me, like, again, she didn't ask for this. She didn't want to be the cause of a pandemic. She is, she, she's just trying to live. Yeah. She's trying to survive. And it's sad, <laughs> you know? And yeah, once people are being separated in groups, forced into military quarantine, and she decides to test herself. Once she realizes, once she finally starts getting that she might be the cause of all this. Kills mm-hmm. a roommate, gets caught. Her idea to trap herself in a locked room with one of her victims, that's the first time she spent like any time with her victim. She's moving right. on. She's fleeing scenes. That's, She's yeah, getting she out wants of Dodge. To, she wants to prove that they are not the ones who are coming back and becoming rabid. Yeah. But you get the sense she knows. She knows. And it is, yeah, there's this sense of like, I can't exist in this world. It's that alien thing. It'd be thing. better if I don't. I love how human she feels, and I loved how inhuman she seems during her death. Mm. When she's on the phone with her boyfriend, who... Boyfriend's kind of a important part of the movie that's also not necessary, <laughs> I think. He's like the one that might save her. 
right? He's the trying, the one yeah. that's trying to get her like out of this, right? The right. one that knows th- once she sees that she's the cause and still wants to save her, still has that connection. It's so great seeing that role as a as a guy. Mm. <laughs> that's always, you know, like a a reverse gender thing. It's the guy who doesn't know what's happening to his body and then the woman has to stay with the guy for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Even while he's losing his arm to gangrene and Candyman or something. Right. You know, and uh, now it's the guy who's fretting and trying to like, look, I know you've killed dozens of men, and I might be next if I'm around you for an hour, but... But, yeah, it's a uh, big but. It's a big but. (laughs) And when she's on the phone with him, telling him about her experiment, that she's taken one last victim, locked herself in, she Mm -hmm. knows that she'll be safe that she's not the cause of all this as he is like telling her to get out of there you know like tom atkins at the end of halloween three. Oh, it's definitely that yeah big time. get out of there get out of the room and it's like the humanity drains out of her and there's this weird her death is so weird because she sounds like an alien mm. like she's faking human emotions at that point when the zombie of course wakes up she's not screaming she just starts saying like these, it's like the HAL 9000 getting unplugged, man. She's just like, I'm scared. I'm scared. Help me. It's this, it's so weird. Yeah, it's, I know what it, you mean. It, like, it just, it just iced she, me down. But man. she never makes, it's, it's one of those where she never makes a move to get out of the room or anything. So I think it's like in the back of her mind, she knows if this is true, I'm yeah. going to die. This is Goldblum pulling the rifle so it's to more, his head yeah. in the fly. It's you know? more just her expressing fear of dying but not like that fight or flight type fear it's yeah when she tells him you know it's all like then i'll know i'm not the one who started this all like she's feeling that guilt Mm -hmm. the the inhuman side of her just wants to feed but the human part that's still there feels like geez was i the one that coughed in that movie theater (laughs) in in contagion was that me well it's kind of like she's Doing such horrible things and killing her really cute roommate. <laughs> oh, friend I know. With the rose glasses. Ro- the, she, the, what a nice roommate. The pink. She didn't deserve glasses. That. What an understanding friend. That's you know. It's like she doesn't want to maybe live with herself. Yeah. You know, if she this does is not really want what to, it is. She spends the movie up to this point surviving, and now at this point, she realizes the cost of her survival way too big. Right. For right. what her still there human conscious can handle. And so her doing that experiment, but that lack of fear while feigning fear just struck me as so alien. Mm. And then that's it, man. Then we get that cold shot to her just corpse. Oh yeah, we get this really that's like ugly dog pulling on her corpse scene, and then she gets dumped in a dump truck, and that's credit. That's it, credit roll. It's real like end of uh, Night of the Living Dead. They're just the it's cleanup a, crews are just going through and taking yeah. care of it, and she's just a body. They don't know they got the carrier. They don't know they found the golden ticket. Exactly. They never. Right. I do like that aspect of like you know they'll never understand why they this don't happened. know why this happened. It'll probably stop because she's not creating new zombies. Yeah. It'll eventually. Everybody will be shot. But like this, the movie just ends. Like society's done, man. Society just witnessed a 48-hour breakdown of people getting shot on sight. And now they have no idea why. It's just like, all right, well, I think we got all of them. Right. It's Tuesday. Probably go back to work. Right, like, exactly. Whoa. They'll be like, remember two years ago when like 
75 people got rabies in Montreal and just got shot? Yeah. And just got shot and thrown in a dumpster. After like attacking other people? Yeah. That was what whatever happened with that? The, <laughs> yeah, I love that uh again, some of these decisions could have been made due to small budget. Mm-hmm. The fact that there's not a broader explanation, but I like that. Like, they won't know. There'll be guesses as to why this might have happened, but they won't know. Mm-hmm. And that's that's part of the big scare of this movie. It's a scary movie, but it is yeah, I don't know how I never made the most obvious connection, but Under the Skin, which is another mm. movie that can keep me up, depending on the night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> depending on when I think about Under the Skin at the wrong time. <laughs> could really put me in a mood. Oh, yeah. Just this empty alien horror, this robot, foreign, unknown, and this is such a human touch on it. Mm. She's a predator, just like Scarlett Johansson, knowing exactly what to say and knowing exactly the kind of sad guys to go after to stay most anonymous it's scary yeah this is one of my absolute favorite cronenbergs this just keeps growing for me his second movie now i think it came to this but (laughs) but we had an idea since now we've got four or five uh cronenberg episodes yes we're gonna do our each of our cronenberg top tens Yes, we both we Let's both put it. together a top ten. We didn't tell each other mm-hmm. a top ten. No, this will be the sharing of it. Of a lot the of the movies time. on the top ten we have not done actual episodes. On. Yeah, and to, at <laughs> weirdly least, enough, uh, I think two of the episodes that we've talked about uh, of Cronenberg movies are not in my top ten. Yeah, but I still liked them. You're still into it. I still like those movies. Yeah, but they're not going to be in the top ten. I so, love yeah, this is very much like a this is today top ten. My list would probably be totally different a week from now. Exactly. Want to start from our tens? Sure. Number is that ten. The best way. All right. Well, oh, first off, oh, okay. we'll save our close cuts for the end, so okay, we don't okay. spoil the ten. Sure, sure. So, what's your ten? A history of violence. Number okay. ten. Mine's a dangerous method. Mm. Bumped onto my ten. There you go. Our last, we did an episode on that, which we I did. love. And I will spoil now that is not on my top ten. I think that's a big one, mm-hmm. but understand, my nine dead ringers. Ooh, my nine is the dead zone. The dead zone. Dead zone didn't make my ten. Uh huh. Uh huh. That's this guy has a deep roster. That's just, why a top ten was tough. Oh shit! I just realized dead ringers did not make my top. 10. There you go. My eleven to like sixteen on Cronenberg wow. was strong. Yeah. Uh, what's your eight? Rabid, number okay. eight. Mine's The Brood. I think Rabid is a really cool early movie that, like I said, shows you a lot of what he was going to do later. Yeah. Um, there but you it's go. good. It's good. Top ten. It's good. It's number eight for yeah, me. Mine's, yeah, mine's The Brood, Yeah, which keeps growing in estimation mm. for me. So if we do this in a year after I see The Brood again, psh, Brood could be easily five spots up. So the fact that Brood is eight, big. Seven mine? Eastern Promises. Ooh, I got Scanners at seven. Another good one. Love that Scanners. Our recent rewatch of Eastern Promises, which we did an episode on. Yes, sir. That bumped it up for me. Huge. Definitely. I don't think it would have made my top 10 or top 15 had I not revisited it this year, but I love it. Totally agree. Yeah. And Scanners is a classic. It is my number six. Ah, I've got the one you haven't seen, Crash, at number six. That's my big omission. That is uh, the three Cron- What are the yeah. the three Cronenbergs I haven't seen? Crash is the biggest, yeah. and then is two most recent. I haven't seen Cosmopolis. No maps to the stars. Right. So that's not my surprise number one. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Crash is one of the big movies that is 
not been watched by me. Never seen it. Big omission. It's number six for You've me. not seen M. Butterfly, so we're both Big missing some major me. parts Absolutely. of Cronenberg's yeah, catalog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's, uh, what's five for you? Eastern Promises. Okay. Definitely a big bump up when we last watched it. Would that it. have been on your 10? Uh, a year ago? Yeah. No. So there you go. Now yeah. it's your five. Yeah. That's that's how strong watching this movie it, holds watching up. Watching it again recently for the episode we did, I was like, this is the perfect Cronenberg what? movie. Once it really like hit perfect. me that it was Vigo's best performance, yeah, it was like, how can I not? Probably think? the single best performance in a Cronenberg movie for me wow. is Vigo, I, I think. Pretty, I think, uh, today, saying it now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my number four, or my number five, you, you said Eastern Promises. Eastern Promises five. was five. My five is Existence. Oh, nice. Okay, which, there you go. Which is Existence is the one that waffles a lot between my number one and my number five. Mm-hmm. Right now it's five. If I watched it tonight, probably my number two. Like right. it's so good. A lot of these are pretty interchangeable from here on out. I think so. Me. Yeah, I think so. I don't I, have I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm the solid number one the way I have it with like Jackie Brown for Tarantino. This is a pretty fungible. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Top five with Cronenberg. Totally. Uh, my four is Rabid. Nice. My I, four is uh, Videodrome. Awesome. Yeah. I uh, I put Videodrome 3, mm-hmm. which was a late swap. I had uh, Existence 3, Videodrome 5. I ah. said, Videodrome 5. No, come on. Come on. No, well. That gave us our, not a fake butthole. That was a fake vagina. Like a stomach yes. vagina. Yeah. So that was uh, Cronenberg like getting out of the butthole game for a while. Right. Going on to other organs. Vaginas on the fellas. Yeah. Boys on the... On, <laughs> some abs vagina. Uh, my number three is The Existence. Uh, nice. Yeah. That's up there for sure. It's so good. Yeah. It's such a good movie. You know, that's my new number one. No, uh, <laughs> so my number two, this is so far, unless you got a couple of shocking twos and ones. I don't know. My number two is our biggest gap so far. Okay. A History of Violence. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love it. I'm sure if I watch that one again, right? Because I've only seen I mean, it ten years ago. I'm yeah, sure it it would jump up. I'm excited for our episode on that. We've already covered the other Vigo Cronenberg connection. Yeah, History of Violence is the first, so I love that movie. My number two is what I think the scariest Cronenberg movie is The Brood. That nice. movie really scares so that, me. We basically flopped our yeah. The Brood and History of Violence with exactly. Each other, yeah, which The Brood is scary as hell, man. It's real and scary. Oliver Reed, you talk about great performances. His is a different kind of great performance. Mm-hmm. But Oliver Reed made that movie a whole different thing. Totally agree. Oh, man. Oliver Reed. Yeah. That. And uh, number one, I think we can both agree, Spider. <laughs> <laughs> you got the fly? I got the fly. I got the fly. It's undeniable. That's when you said uh, it's crazy. Vigo's the best performance in a Cronenberg. I think Goldblum's the only I could, the I only could uh, competition. I, I could see that. Goldblum is, that's a raw, crazy weirdo performance. His oddball character and his melt is yeah. just powerful and harrowing to watch. It's uh, not an exciting number one pick. It's not. It doesn't. Uh, right? I know what you, you know? mean because it's like a remake, and it yeah. seems like maybe it's where he was at his most ma- not mainstream, but like you know Jeff this Goldblum the, and this Gina is Davis. The, this is I Hollywood. Mean, people this is a Hollywood movie. movie. This is the one my cousins were telling you know? me about. You know, right? It's like my cousins weren't seeing. <laughs> maybe Videodrome was like the last one he made with like Canadian money for a while, and then was like, you know, yeah. making these. I don't. I don't really movies. know how Videodrome was was accepted. By society. I, I don't know why. For a movie Crazy. I love so much, I don't know how, uh, like, so <laughs> The Fly is, 
he said that's a gross ass movie to be a Hollywood movie. You know, that's a movie where with a, again the most downer of an ending. Yes, just leaves you just gutted, wrecked, man. And it's just, but it's. I think it's undeniable. It's undeniable. It's the best. If you're gonna recommend somebody a Cronenberg movie that they've right. never seen before, you have to. That's, that's the, the one. one you give. You give that your coworker borrow. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean that has to. Right. Be. If you like The Fly, then you will want to go down these other butthole ridden mm-hmm. pathways. <laughs> yeah. For you more you start with The Fly because no butthole. And no. so then Lots of gross stuff though. You don't when you're recommending these movies to your coworkers, it's smart to not start you don't with go, bu- the butthole yeah, ones. Exactly. And then once they're into the fly, then you recommend them all the butthole ones. You're like, "Oh, you liked the fly? You got to see Existence. You got to see Rabbit. Right. You got And then they're the then, one, they're then they're stuck. The one that did not make my list Naked Lunch though. To me, it's got some of the grossest Cronenberg yes. stuff with the bugs. Oh, my gosh. It's just so gross. It was really him it's like, doing... can't start there. He's so good at doing slimy and uh-huh. crawly and just gross. Yeah. Just, but, yeah, once he's moving into bug slime, it is, it's a whole nether. It's so... <laughs> God. Uh, what, were your, what were your near misses? What was, like, your 11 through 13? Um, originally on my list before I had to trim it down was Co- Cosmopolis was, like, going to be at number okay. 10 or so. I got to see that. Uh, mostly because I think that's the movie where I go like, oh, this Robert Pattinson guy is doing interesting stuff. Got it. Yeah. Like he's not the Pattinson. I he starts working with like interesting directors, and I think Cronenberg. That one was one of the first. Yeah. And it's got a really memorable scene where he shoots his hand, a hole in his hand. Really cool stuff. And it ends with nine eleven. Right. It ends on nine eleven. <laughs> the ending is supposed to yeah. be nine eleven. Uh, yeah, that one was up there, and uh, Naked Lunch was definitely a close one. Yeah, Naked Lunch is one of the ones. I think you're in the same boat as me. I haven't seen it in probably fifteen to twenty yeah. years, and I'm sure the film goer in me might like. I'd probably like it more, or I could hate it more. Now, it's mm-hmm. definitely of the ones I've seen, the one where I most have no idea what direction I can go on it. Yeah. Tough to rank Naked Lunch, right. admittedly. And yeah, Dead Ringers was definitely... Right there. Right there. I had Fast Company at 11 mm-hmm. or 12. I really dig Fast Company. <laughs> Part of that is the novelty of knowing he made a funny car movie and didn't make it like a cheap, just car racing movie. Right. He added different elements. And it's just so different. After, yeah, first introducing the butthole into his filmography, he goes the other direction. Yeah. You got to appreciate that. To go rabid, fast company, the brood. That's a sandwich, my man. (laughs) (laughs) That's a weird old sandwich. (laughs) Exactly. That's weird. And I love it. And so I I like fast company, uh, dead zone, naked lunch, right in that next tier. There you go. just missed. And, uh, but the thing is, I, I like Shivers. I like Spider. Oh, yeah. Spider's a weird damn movie, man. Saw Spider out at, you know, the Rialto, Summerfield. Mm-hmm. It's weird watching it with a bunch of other 65-year-olds. They don't understand Cronenberg. They exactly. don't get this. They thought it was just a movie. Yeah. <laughs> and I love the man. So there you go. This top 10 is going to change every time we do a Cronenberg movie. Because every one we watch, we're going to be like, ah, oh, no, that's a top 10. Right. Yeah. That's, one, that's another Cronenberg classic. He's one of the best. 19 movies, and they're all like pretty high floor. And it look he's got another one in production now that's like gonna looks good. You know, I think we should add his son into our random draw. Oh yeah, I want to see Possessor. Is uh-huh. that it? Yeah, I want to see that one a lot. The, both of those would be good episodes. So I think we're doing the Cronenberg clan. Let's get into it. I think that's it. So it came to this. It did. If you have not seen the <laughs> God of Canadian cinema. And any of those movies on our top tens sounded intriguing or foreign to you? 
Now's the time. Now's the time. Rabbit was on HBO Max. Wow. Go Probably see looked it. gorgeous. Right in, there. In HBO Max HD, awesome. right? Yeah. This woman, Marilyn Chambers, is yeah. made for HD. What a face. I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. Thank you all for listening, and good night. Good night.